Well, good Sunday morning, church. It's great to see you this morning. Welcome to Stetson Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. Before we lift our voices and sing together, let me invite you to read a scripture that's got some great news for us this morning. Let me invite you to read this with me. Let's, let's say it together. It's Lamentations 3, 22 through 33. Let's say it together. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Aren't you glad that we are going to sing to a God this morning that has done great things for us? He has great faithfulness, and his mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning for us today. Isn't that great, church? Amen. Come on. Let's stand up and sing it together. Come on.
Good morning. Welcome to church. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you. We are glad you're here. This may be your first time, or you've been here many times. You may be watching online with us right now. Welcome. We would love to invite you to check in to the service, to let us know that you're here. The instructions are behind me or on the screen. They're also in a blue card in front of you. You can fill it out. And as you exit, we have offering baskets outside the door, and you can simply just drop those in those offering baskets. Well, we have several things that are going on this week we want to make you aware of. First, right after the 11 o'clock service, so right around noon, we have what's called Pizza with the Pastors. And this is an opportunity for you to come and learn more about the church, eat some pizza. We have child care for you as well. And if you've wondered about how can I get more involved with the church, what is my next step, what does it mean to be a member, this is an opportunity, opportunity for you to learn more about that. It's only about an hour and a half. It won't take long, and we'll kind of walk through that together. But if you'd like to come, we'll meet in the Family Life Center right after our third service, right around noon. Love for you to join us for that. The second thing is this. Christmas shoe boxes are due November 26th. That's like coming really fast. So if you haven't grabbed a shoe box, they're out in the doors as you leave in the main lobby here. All the instructions are there, how to, how to fill the shoe box, what to put in it. And so make sure you grab one of those before you leave. Guys, we're excited that you're here. We're going to pray together and ask God to bless this time. And so if you will, bow your heads and let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for being just what we need. God, life is hard. There's so much stuff going on. But we're so thankful we can come to you and have a time of quiet reflection before we continue to sing. So God, whatever's in our hearts, I pray that we have the courage to give that unto you. And that we be honest with ourselves about where we're at. And God, may this morning be refreshing for us. May we be willing to take our next step in our lives, whatever that is, to, to, in our lives with you. And God, may you get all the honor and the glory through everything that happens in this room and in churches all over the world this morning. Father God, we know that we have the ability to look towards you whenever times are difficult and that you can do great things. So God, we pray for your honor and your glory to be honored this morning. Would you just fill this place with your spirit? And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let me invite you, if you will, to go ahead and stand. 
And we're going to continue to worship a God who does great things in all of our lives. So if you'll stand with me as we continue to worship. Come on, church, let's sing hallelujah.
just continue to sing of God's faithfulness. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the So we sing.
the same God You never change You freed the captives then You're freeing hearts right now You are the same God You are the same God You touch the lepers then I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Let's sing that chorus one more time, church. Every voice in the room, let's lift it up to God. Let's proclaim it today. We sing. Oh, God, my God, I need you. today for your faithfulness. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? Good to see you this morning. So uh, so grateful that we are here and uh, just have an opportunity uh, to be together, asking God to, to speak to us in a in a powerful way um, today. So. Um, this has been a really interesting week uh, in that last week, I, I know that some of you are thinking you wish you would have skipped church last week because I talked about fasting. And, uh, but uh, so many of you, we actually had 171 people engaged with us on that fasting journey uh, over the course of this week. And it was encouraging to me because even after that, and I, I know that um, for, for, for those, most of us in this room, this week may have been the first week that we ever did anything like that. Because that's not something that we typically talk about in the Baptist church or in the Baptist tradition. But it is so powerful when we have an opportunity to, uh, to just be a part of something that is kind of outside of our comfort zone. And so many of you I had an opportunity to interact with that went on that fasting journey with us. You said, you know what? This actually was something I think I might continue to do. And maybe not every day. That would not be good, by the way. Um, maybe, not, maybe not every week, but, but from time to time, maybe, maybe monthly, maybe every couple of months, this is something that I think I'm going to take on uh, as a part of my just disciplined spiritual walk 
with Christ. And so I hope that this will be, um, that that will be something that is encouraging um, to you. It is a, a special day in a lot of different ways. Um, yesterday, obviously, was a special day in that we had an opportunity to recognize Veterans Day. And as a church, we know that we have so many in our community and in our church that have served our country. And so we wanted to take just a moment to, uh, to honor those who have served. If you are one of our veterans or the wife of a veteran or the family member of a veteran or pretty much if you have been connected with that, we would love to recognize you. Would you stand and allow us to just thank you for your service to our country? Amen. That is so awesome. I love, love, love. We come to this time every year, and we have an opportunity just to be able to say thank you. And I'll tell you the words, I mean, thank you. That is so small. That is such a small expression. But I hope that you hear it with great heaviness and with great gratitude that we say thank you for your service. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you for the freedoms that we have today. The fact that we're here today is because of people who have served our country and because of so many of you. We are full. I mean, this area, we have so many people who have served our country in this area. Yesterday, we had a wonderful parade down Main Street, down Woodland Boulevard. It was just a really special time of uh, being able to honor those who have served our country. And then last night, those of us that are connected with the Deland High School Band had a great concert focusing in on that as well. It was just a lot. It's just been a good couple of days. And so I'm excited about what God's doing and the opportunity to be here today. As we continue in this uh, series through the power of routine, we are talking about seven different things. And so I've already mentioned them. Attending worship, uh, reading your Bible, praying, fasting was last week. Today we're going to talk about giving generously, sharing your faith will be next week, and then practice community uh, will be at, at, uh, at the end of the month. But um, this is, I, I, I've been so pleased with the feedback and the people that have just kind of come and said, you know, that's something I've never really participated in or maybe something that I've kind of lost sight of. Our lives should be filled with regular routine disciplines that draw us closer to Christ. Our hope is that by the end of this sermon series that you will take really all seven of these and make them a part of your regular practice of following Christ. And we believe if you were to take these seven and just say, this is going to be something that I'm going to do regularly, we believe that would draw all of us closer to Jesus. And so we are, are, are grateful for, uh, for the privilege of being able to study these together. Today we're going to be looking at the idea of generous giving. If you have your Bibles, then, uh, then uh, we're going to be looking at John chapter 6. Now if you have one of those uh, sermon booklets, I'll tell you that the passage that we looked at there is in the book of Matthew. The reason we're looking at John chapter 6 is because when I was preparing this message, I wanted us to talk about the feeding of the 5,000. But there, there are two different stories there. Matthew has one story and John has one story. And the story over in John, which is the same story just told by a different writer, the story over in John has an element that doesn't exist in the book of Matthew. And so I wanted to just kind of use one of the parallel passages there. I'm going to read the story, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to have a little bit of fun today. So I'm excited about what God's going to share with us and the way he's going to challenge us as we worship today. John chapter 6, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. They saw that he was making sick people well. 
Uh, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, one of his disciples, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew that what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii, that's a day's wage. So you couldn't work for 200 days. 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, I have the people sit down. Uh, And and so now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, They said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. This is a pretty familiar story. If you've ever had a children's Bible or a children's Bible storybook, this story was probably in that that children's Bible storybook. People that don't even know about Jesus or not believers in Jesus, they still are familiar with the fact that Jesus fed 5,000 people. There are so many messages here. We could talk about the compassion of Jesus, the fact that he even cared about the 5,000 people that were there and that he, that he actually gave them food. We could talk about the faith or the lack of faith of the disciples. You know, what in the world are we going to do? How are we going to feed these people? He asked Philip, hey, how are we going to feed these people? Don't you think Philip would just look back at him and said, I don't know, you give it a shot. You're Jesus. You're the one that does miracles, but instead he kind of goes into the practical mode of there's no way that we could ever pay enough uh, to feed these 5,000 people. We could talk about the fact that Jesus meets our deepest and most practical needs, that Jesus isn't just about meeting spiritual needs, but he actually feeds us. When we're hungry, he feeds us. When we're sick, he heals us. When When he deals with us at the most practical needs of our life, and he cares about us at the deep parts of our lives. We could talk about the distribution of the food. How long does it take to feed 5,000 people? I'll go ahead and tell you, a long time. It takes a long time. If you don't believe that, just watch Chick-fil-A at lunch, right? I mean, it, it takes a long time to be able to take care of this. And some scholars have said, well, it talks about 5,000, but it specifically says there were 5,000 men in that day. So it might have been that only one gender and grown-up people were, uh, were counted. Women and children might not have been in that number. So some people have said, well, they had large families back then, so it could have been as many as twenty five or 30,000 people there. I'll say that might be true, but I don't think we need to expand the miracle of Jesus, even if it was only 5,000 that's still a pretty big miracle with one boy's lunch. I've also uh, thought about the leftovers. I mean, he fed 5,000 people with leftovers. I mean, we're coming into Thanksgiving season. What's the best part of Thanksgiving? The leftovers. It's the days after Thanksgiving that you keep, get to keep eating the Thanksgiving meal. It's a beautiful thing. So all of these things are things that are in this story. Honestly, we could preach an entire sermon series just on the feeding of the 5,000 people. But today, 
for just a couple of moments, I want us to focus in on a very small, obscure part of this story. I want us to talk about the little boy who brought his lunch. He went out to see Jesus. And he brought five barley loaves and two fish. Can you just imagine his mother that morning packing his lunch and saying, Now, son, be careful. Make sure you, you hold this close. Don't let it get too far from you. Five barley loaves, two fish. I don't know if you're like me, but I, when I read the scripture, I always have these questions. I always have these things that I want to know, that I want to kind of dig into. And a lot of times there's questions that don't necessarily have answers, but I just start asking questions and, and kind of using my imagination and wondering. Here's some of the questions. Where'd that boy come from? Why weren't his parents there? Because it just talks about a boy giving his lunch, but it doesn't talk about the fact that his parents actually had uh, something to offer as well. Why was he the only one who brought his lunch? I mean, there's 5,000 grown people there. Why didn't any of them bring a lunch? But no, we're, or, or did they all hide their lunch and he offered his? Did they all have a meal and they were like, don't let, don't let them see. They might take our food. Were they, were they more private? And he maybe was a little more public. Maybe he just wasn't so secure with his lunch. What kind of person was he? Where did he come from? What was, the, what was his background? Now, we don't know much about his background. As a matter of fact, we never see him before. We don't, we don't see much about him here, and we never see him later. But I will tell you, we do know one thing about, we can deduce one thing about his background, and that is that he probably was from a poor family. And the reason we know that is because it specifically says that the bread that he brought was barley. Barley was known as the poor man's grain. It was readily available. And so when he offers his lunch, he is offering the lunch out of poverty. Not out of much, not out of great wealth. He is offering his lunch out of his poverty, poverty out of, out of really not, not having. I, I, I think about this. Did he surrender his lunch or was he asked, hey, kid, I see you got some food over there. Can you see Philip saying, well, 200 days wage won't, but Andrew, go get that kid. It looks like he's snacking on something. Uh, do you think it was like that? Do you think he overheard the disciples talking? And, and uh, I don't know how they're going to feed all these people. Well, I've got my lunch. Or do you think he volunteered it? Or do you think he was voluntold? Hey, kid, we're taking your lunch. We're going to bring it to Jesus. What was the lasting impact on this kid? What happened over the course of the rest of his life. Can you imagine meeting a kid and saying, oh yeah? Well, let me tell you about what happened to my lunch one day. Some middle school kid. Oh yeah, well let me, let me tell you, I, I, I went and heard Jesus and I, I brought my lunch and you'll never guess what I got after that. You'll never guess the story that I get to tell. 
Can I tell you something? I don't know what happened to this kid. I don't know where he went. I don't know the story that he got to tell. But what I do know is I know the impact of giving. I know the impact of living generously. I've seen it personally. I've seen it as a church right here in this building. I've seen God use, I've seen God do big things with really big impact by a people coming together and just being generous. There are some principles that I think that we can, we can kind of pull out of this story. And, and then I want to just get really practical and share with you some things that I believe God is leading us to. So quick, quick four principles that, uh, that I think we can, we can learn. Here's the first one. We all have something. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have something that God can use. This kid had barley loaves and fish. He had his lunch. We all have something. Every single one of us, we have something. It might not be massive finances. You may say, well, what I have is not much. Oh, yeah, well, here's the second principle. God can make something big out of something small. God can take our little bit and make something really powerful out of it. God can take our small amount and make something really amazing out of it. God took a little boy's lunch and fed 5,000 people. Do you think he can't use what you have to offer and multiply it to make something huge out of it? Number three, sacrifice is required to see God work. What would have happened? What would have happened if the little boy would have hit his lunch like all the adults that were there? What would have happened if he would have not been willing to give? What would have happened if Andrew would have gone up to him and said, Hey, uh, could, could, I, could, I maybe, could I maybe take what you've got and take it to the master, take it to the rabbi, take it to the teacher, and just see what happens? Could I, could I not kind of... What would have happened if he would have said, No, sir. I'll tell you. We wouldn't be telling the story about the kid today. We still might be telling the story about Jesus feeding 5,000 because don't you think Jesus could have just said bread? Right? Could he have not said hunger gone? He could have. But instead he used the sacrifice of this little boy maybe so that the little boy had a story to tell. Maybe so the little boy had an opportunity to say, you'll never guess what happened to me. But it's that sacrifice that allows God to work in our lives. And then the final thing that I'll say, and I've seen this over and over in my own life, and I've seen it in many of your lives, when we give, God changes us. When we give, when we're generous, God changes us. 
Now, I want to get really practical with you and just kind of share with you a few things. This is this, uh, today's message. I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Today's message, hear this. Today's message is about giving, is about being generous. But it is so much more than that. And I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give us an opportunity as a church to recognize that God has been good to us. God has blessed us immensely. And God is going to continue to bless us as we continue to move forward. A few things that I just want to share with you. Some of you have been around long enough that you have heard the terminology technology renew before renew so uh two years ago two years ago we set off on a journey of a two-year giving project to be able to pay for the renovation of this room and the renovation of our lobby over in our family life center and some workout on our 15a parking area some of you have been here for a very short time. You've never heard of this. Some of you have been here for a long time. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The goal was that over, over two years, we would be able to give enough so that we could do all of those projects and continue to be debt-free. That was our goal. Today, we are finished with our time. So we are 100% complete, if you will, on our Renew project. So we have gotten to the end of that two years. And that's good. That's really good. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't take much to get there. It just took letting 365 days pass twice, okay? So it's 100% complete, all right? We got there. Two years, woo! All right, so that's great. But even better than that is not only are we 100% completed, we are also 100% collected, that means that you have given, yeah. So what we committed to give back two years ago, you have given. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you for your sacrifice. You have been like the little boy with the lunch. You have given in such a way that we can uh, continue to, to, uh, to look forward. So 100% completed. 100% collected. Let me just talk to you real quickly about Renew and kind of where it goes from here. First of all, some of you may have committed to give to Renew and you have personally, while I just said we are 100% collected, it might have been that somebody that didn't commit made up for your lack of filling that commitment. And so if you have not finished your commitment, we would love for you to finish that. Because there are some outstanding costs with those projects that we are just continuing to push forward on. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, just want you to hear, some of you have given to Renew and you set it up kind of in an automated way of I'm just going to do this every month or I'm going to do this every week or whatever. If you want to continue to give to Renew, we would love for you to do that. What it will do is it will set us up for the next project. And there's, listen, there's always a next project. There's always something coming up. And so I just want you to know that, that we, are, we would love for you to continue to move forward in that. It's a great thing that we have completed that. It's a great thing that we have fully collected that. We are still debt-free, and God has blessed us immensely to be able to, uh, to, to position ourselves for the future. With that said, let me tell you about our next project. Our next project is actually a lot of fun. Some of you have been around here for a little while, and you have seen before us talk about the 53rd Sunday offering. 
the 53rd Sunday offering. Now, we started this a few years ago. I think it was 2018, maybe it was the first year that we did this. We found that there was an anomaly in our financial calendar, in our, uh, in our calendar year, where there were 53 Sundays. And so we said, you know what? The way we do our budget is we take the amount that we need in our budget, we divide it by 52 because there are 52 weeks in a year. And so anytime we had a 53rd Sunday, it was like an anomaly and we didn't need the money that came in on that day. We could use the money that came in on that day but we said we divided our weekly need up by 52. So we come to a 53rd Sunday. On that day, I remember saying to you, I was like, it's an anomaly in the calendar and it almost never happens. It happens more often than I thought. So I'm sorry for that. But it's happening again this year. And the reason for that is because January the 1st this year was a Sunday and December 31st is a Sunday, which is why we have 53 Sundays this year. And so on, on December 31st, we're going to take a 53rd Sunday offering and we're going to do two things with the money that comes in for our 53rd Sunday offering. 50%, half of our 53rd Sunday offering is going to go to two major projects that we have on our campus. Two major projects. Just want you to be aware of these and know that they are things that we're working on. One of those you're completely aware of. The other one is gonna, is, you're gonna have lots of questions about and I don't have answers, so just relax, alright? The first one is the flat roofs on this building need to be repaired. I've been talking with you, and you've heard me mention a couple of times that we, anytime it rains really bad, we get massive leaks in this building out in our hallways on those flat roofs. And so um, that's a big deal, and we really need to get that fixed. It's a pretty large price tag because they're, they're large. There's a lot of square footage there, and so we just need to get those fixed. And so that's one of those major upcoming projects. That's one that you know about and you understand. I'm about to say a word, and again, you're going to have a thousand questions, and I don't really have answers because we're just in the beginning stages of, of kind of formulating our plans and making sure that everything is in place. But right down this direction on our campus, we have a two-story building that we very rarely, only with the school, do we use our upstairs areas. And the reason for that is because they're stairs, and so we have started the process of investigating and working on an elevator that will allow us to gain access to those second floor areas. That will give us access to more than double our current educational space, our small group and Sunday school space. And we need small group and Sunday school space. But we need to make sure that our small group and Sunday school space is always accessible to anybody who has handicap or mobility issues. Everything right now is all on one floor. So when we go up, we need to make sure that we're not just having to travel upstairs. And so I know that you've got a lot of questions about, well, where's it going to go? And what's going to happen? And what's gonna, what kind is it going to be? And how many people? And what are I know you have questions. What we know is it's a major project. It's a, it's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of financial need there for us to accomplish that. But I will tell you this. The cost of installing an elevator to get to those spaces and to have use of them is much less than building a building to gain that much square footage. 
So we have the benefit of being able to position ourselves again for the future. And so 50% of what we bring in on our 53rd Sunday offering is going to go to those two major upcoming projects. The other 50%, and I always love saying this, the other 50% we're going to give away. We're not going to keep. We're just going to give it away. We're going to send that to five impactful ministries that are specifically geared towards our community and to meeting others' needs. Let me go through them real fast. Most of you have heard of these ministries, so I don't, they don't need a lot of explanation. The first one is a ministry called One More Child. One More Child is our Florida Baptist Children's Home. They focus on fostering and adoption. They focus on benevolence needs and, and meeting people's practical needs. They are also a, uh, a shelter for, uh, for battered women and, uh, and also a shelter for uh, women that are, that are caught in sex trafficking trade here in the state of Florida. It is a massive ministry, and it's a wonderful opportunity that we have to make an impact in that way. Second thing is called Coastal Choices Women's Clinic. If you've been around for a little while, you might know that as Grace House. So Coastal Choices Women's Clinic and Grace House are one in the same. It's just a change of name. And this is a way that we can support those who are supporting the, the life of unborn children and to protect those lives and to, and to minister to those families and to minister to those moms. A third one is called West Volusia Fellowship of Christian Athletes. This is a ministry in, on our high school and college campuses that is making a huge impact. Students are coming to know Jesus. Students and coaches are coming to know Jesus. People are coming to know Jesus through the ministry of FCA. And we have an opportunity to partner with them. And so we're going to be making a donation uh, to their ministry and, and uh, helping them to continue to make an impact. A fourth is called World Changers. Fourth is called World Changers, and it's an opportunity for us to, uh, to, to make a difference and, and, to, uh, and to, um, uh, to, to go out into our community. This is a, a camp that we have started to host here um, that it is specifically geared towards students coming to this place, for us being able to host this camp. And then, but the purpose of this camp is that they go out into our community and they paint houses and roof houses and fix doors and fix porches and, and just help people. And we have an opportunity to share the message of Jesus through that. And then finally uh, is the benevolence ministry here on our campus. And that is a specific ministry geared towards meeting the needs of the people in our community through our food pantry, through uh, help with utilities, through, uh, through um, people that are, are needing any kind of counseling needs. We try to, to provide all of those and to lessen the impact uh, on their finances. Church, I love being generous. I love being a church that says we're not about what happens here. We're about making an impact out there. We're about doing things that, that make a difference in other people's lives. And so over the course of these next several weeks, you're going to hear us talk about this 53rd Sunday offering that, that will go 50% yes to some needs that we have here on our campus, but 50% is going to go completely into our community. We love this community. One of the things we talk about here is that we are for the land and we want to make an impact on other people. Remember, remember, we all have something. All of us. God can make something really big out of something small. It's not about how much you have. It's about whether or not you're willing to give it to God.
Remember, sacrifice. Sacrifice is required to see God really work. And remember, when we give, God changes us. Every week we've given you an opportunity to kind of engage with the, uh, the content of these messages. And I, this week is no different. I want to give you an opportunity to, to kind of follow up and, and to talk about what it means to, to live generously. So if you'd like to, we, we would love to send you just some encouragements over the course of the, of the week. If, if you will text the word generous, simple, text the word generous to 386-734-1991. And what we'll do is we're just going to send you some little video vignettes of stories about people who had an impact because they just were, they were just generous. And it, it, I'll, I'll tell you though, um, these stories, if you have a, if your heart breaks easily, don't text generous to 386-734-1991 because I promise you, as you watch these stories, it's going to pull on your heartstrings. Can I tell you something, though? Most of these stories have nothing to do with money. They have everything to do with just living generously. And none of them have to do with giving to the church. They all have to do with just living a generous life. Why? Because giving generously is not about our offering. Giving generously is about our life. Do I think that you should be generous to your church? Well, yes. Do I think that's where we start? No. It starts here. And then it eventually gets here. And eventually, it'll get here. But we want our lives to be lives of generosity. We want our lives to be lives with us, with a positioning ourselves to be generous, to be giving, and to making an impact in the world. So I would love for you to text the word generous to 386-734-1991. We'll just send you a few videos over the course of this week that will help you to see that generosity is a powerful thing and it makes an impact. It makes an impact on us. It makes an impact on the people that we have an opportunity to be generous towards. And I promise you, God will change our lives. We will never give more than he will give back to us. So let's be a generous people. Let's be a generous church. Let's see God work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and, and following you. And God, I pray that you will um, use these, these moments that we have together, God. I pray that you will use them for your glory, for your kingdom, and for your purpose. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And God, I just pray that you will, you will, use, um, you will use these moments that we have together, God, to commit our way to you. Father, it's about you. It's about you. And God, I just pray that you, will, that you will work in our lives and hearts and that you allow us to experience generosity and show generosity because, God, you have been so generous to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this closing song, I just hope that you will use it as a way to be reminded of the fact that God is, 
That was interesting. That God is generous to us and we experience his love and we experience his goodness every single day. Can we stand together and let's continue to worship as we close today.